a bi-weekly global podcast on sustainable heating and cooling technologies brought to you by Sheco and supported by Teco. My name is Charlotte McLaughlin. I'll be hosting today's show from Brussels, Belgium. I'm the European multimedia reporter of Sheco's industry-leading websites r744.com, hydrocarbons21.com and ammonia21.com. And I'm joined today by my colleague in the United States, Michael Gary, editor of Accelerate America and North American editor for Sheco. So how are you today, Michael? Very well, thank you. Good to be here. So this week we have quite an interesting show for everybody. Um, we'll be joined by an atmospheric scientist in the US from Texas called Yang Yang Zhu. And he wrote an important paper on short-lived climate pollutants and mitigating HFCs. The reason he's joining us this week is because last week was the International Day for Short-Lived Climate Pollutants and also yesterday was the day of the ozone layer. So we're sort of trying to base this entire thing around um, these two very important issues. Also from Michael, he is going to talk to us about Accelerate America and the story from Mexico who have installed their first CO2 transcritical installation. And then some really important stories from the US. Two states are going to join California in reducing HFCs. So it's pretty exciting news. Um, and it definitely seems like the US through local state initiatives will start addressing HFCs. So Michael, to start off with Accelerate America, what were the big stories? Thanks, Charlotte. Well, we just published the uh, September issue of Accelerate America. I encourage everyone to read it at accelerateNA.com. Cover story is about Mexico's first transcritical store, which has been installed by the Casalet chain in Culiacan, Mexico, in the northwestern part of the country. And uh, it's the very first uh, time that a Mexican supermarket has installed transcritical CO2 systems. So that's very exciting news. The system was provided by Kaiser Warren, U.S. company based in Georgia. The uh, store that this system was installed in just opened in August, mid-August. And I interviewed uh, the CEO of the company, Juan Manuel uh, Lake Bestitas, and his uh, Colleagues told me that they'll be testing this uh, system over the next year uh, to see how it does in terms of energy performance and maintenance, et cetera, so that they can determine whether to go forward with, with more of these systems. And why did they decide to install this? I mean, as far as I know, uh, Mexico doesn't have any HFC legislation so far. I think they're even in like, um, have a slower phase down strategy under the Montreal Protocols Gali Amendment. So I mean, why would they go so far ahead for any legislation or anything comes into effect? Juan Manuel uh, told me that Casale is very concerned about the environment, it wants to do the right thing for its customers and its communities. Uh, so they're really motivated by an environmental mission, test climate-friendly uh, technologies. So that's that's one reason. And they also, uh, you know, they've been observing what's going on around the world and in North America, in the U.S., Canada, in the supermarket business. And they, you know, see the trend towards transcritical and other natural refrigerant technologies. So <clears throat> they decided to uh, to try it themselves, 
in this new store uh, to test it. So it, this system comes with an adiabatic condenser from Gutner. The, the uh, adiabatic condenser allows the system to, uh, to, to operate efficiently even in, in uh, the hot climates in Mexico, and they do have very hot and humid climates year-round in, in this particular part of Mexico and most of Mexico. And, um, but uh, they believe uh, that uh, the, the adiabatic system will enable them to work uh, uh, in subcritical rather than transcritical mode, meaning that um, it'll be more efficient uh, than if um, they didn't have that, that adiabatic system. Yeah, definitely. And what are the other articles in this magazine as well? A couple of other interesting um, supermarket-related articles. Weiss Markets is a major mid-Atlantic chain in the U.S., and they are testing their first transcritical refrigeration system at a, at a store in Randolph, New Jersey. They uh, are a um, member of the Green Chill program, and they've done a lot of work reducing their, their leak rates in their stores. And they've also uh, introduced um, a new prototype involving secondary glycol for medium temperature cases. So they've, they've done steps to reduce their leaks, to reduce their charge, and now uh, they feel they're ready to try CO2. Another story we have on the supermarket side is Raley's um, uh, is, is, is said that it's going to be uh, installing its first uh, natural refrigerant system, and it's, it's an ammonia CO2 system. Ed Esberg... Uh, former refrigeration executive there who is now a consultant for Rayleigh's uh, talked about this at the uh, Atmosphere America show in uh, June, but we um, have all the details on that um, in, in the current uh, issue of Accelerate. So that's pretty interesting. Um, uh, you know, we have companies trying transcritical. We have another company trying ammonia CO2, which of course is much less common um, in, the, in the United States. There are only four other so uh, supermarket companies uh, that have ex that have tested that another we, as a sidebar to that story grocery outlet is a, another chain based in California is going to be testing uh, propane self-contained systems so um, we have all the different natural refrigerant options described in this month's issue and and, um, and uh, want to mention that um, uh, at the FMI energy and store development conference coming up on uh, the 23rd of um, September, running through the 26th. We'll have print copies of this issue of Accelerate America distributed there. I will be uh, attending, and I look forward to meeting people uh, at the conference to talk about this stuff. Okay, and we also had two really important stories from the U.S. I think everybody familiar with our podcast and uh, certainly with the Accelerate magazines and our websites will know about California's uh, short-lived climate pollution strategy, which involves HFCs, but... What's really encouraging about this is that two other states in the U.S. have also decided to come up with their own HFC phase-down plans. Is this, is this following California, or is this something that they themselves have decided to do? Or is it a worry from that the federal government may not actually do this in the end? Yeah, actually, um, it's New York and Maryland announced plans this week to, to phase down HFCs in their states. Uh, and this really does follow what California is doing. So New York, uh, on Monday, Governor Cuomo, who I should say just um, won, its, won his uh, primary challenge yesterday in an election against the actress Cynthia Nixon. But Governor Cuomo on Monday announced that he was directing the state's Department of Environmental Conservation to issue 
regulations that will phase out the use of HFCs. Oh, by the way, Michael, just to interrupt you, sorry. Um, is there a governoral election in going on in New York at the moment? Right. Well, we just had the primary yesterday. Governor Cuomo prevailed over his challenger. And um, and then, of course, in November, there will be the uh, the election election. Uh, between the Democrat Cuomo and the and Republicans for the governors. But generally, New York is Democrat, right? Cuomo's favored, yes, he's favored. Um, so anyway, the proposal uh, will adopt the uh, EPA's um, HFC regulations that were passed in 2015-16. Governor Cuomo uh, was quoted as saying that, you know, we, quote, we are taking action to begin the phase out of hydrofluorocarbons, and I encourage other states to join New York and California to combat dangerous HFCs. And sure enough, the following day, the Maryland Department of Environment announced that it was would be pursuing measures to phase out HFCs. So that was a surprising and welcome development. Okay, so thanks very much, Michael, for your contribution today. Just moving on, we did an interview today with Yang Yang Shu from the Texas A&M University, and we're, we're essentially focused in this week's episode on two events that happened last week, um, yesterday's ozone layer day, um, and also the short-lived climate pollutant day, which happened last week as well. So we're just going to talk about from the academia side, how much um, HFCs affect climate change and how they're sort of part of the general um, move to address climate change globally. So maybe you can give some background information on that? Sure. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me here. Uh, my name is Yang Yang. I'm an uh, atmospheric scientist by training. I studied uh, climate change using complex global climate models that runs on supercomputers with thousands of uh, processors. And I was in California as a graduate student, and I moved to Texas two years ago uh, as an assistant professor in the Department of Atmospheric Sciences. My main research is on climate change pro problems as well as solutions. And I broadly survey various ways to mitigate climate change. And uh, this includes uh, the role of HFC and other short-lived climate pollutants because of their pertained greenhouse gas effects and the potential for rapid uh, mitigation. That's my main background. And how much would you say that HFCs can um prevent the global warming that we're seeing. Uh, can you give like a degree figure of that? Yes, we published on this intensively a few years ago, notably my 2013 paper in atmospheric chemistry and physics. The number we provided back then uh, has a range because in science, we not give you not only provide the central value, but also the uncertainty. But the mm -hmm. central number is about half degree uh, Celsius warming that can be limited because of transitioning into replacement for uh, current HFC technology. Half degree Celsius may not sound like a big number, but remember the Paris Agreement now call for active uh, regulation to limit global warming under 1.5 degree at the end of the century. Remember, we are not already at one degree. 
warming compared to pre-industry. That means we only have half degree to go. That includes all contribution from carbon dioxide and everything. So half degree from HFC side is a big contribution if we want to achieve that one and a half degree or two degree warming stabilization goal. And that half a degree, is that by how much HFCs are planned to accelerate, basically, as more and more people switch from obviously ozone depleting substances to HFCs and then also the rate of um, air conditioning increase as well? Are those numbers based on that? Yes, the half degree number is a projection towards the end of the century. So it's not happening yet. Mm -hmm. It's account for two scenarios. One is business as euro scenario that uh, we include, we by, this is a collaboration with uh, well, uh, gas welders in based in Netherlands, mm -hmm. which is expert in HFC economics and the scenario development for the future. So based on his projection, we, uh, include not only the uh, transitioning from current uh, CFC and uh, HCFC, both are ozone depletion uh, substances and therefore will have to be regulated under current Montreal Protocol mm -hmm. and the countries are working together to replace that. But the air conditioning needs are still there and growing in the future uh, in light of uh, per, uh, uh, population growth and uh, air conditioning demand. So we convert those two numbers together and that give us a very rapid projection of future increase of uh, HFC use towards the end of the century. It is projected to increase by 100 times uh, roughly um, compared to present day use. So present day use, although small, the future projection is very large. So that's our business as euro scenario. Mm -hmm. And we also account for a mitigation scenario, meaning we actively to move towards the next generation of refrigerator, including HFC that has lower global warming effect or natural refrigerants, etc. That basically has no damage to environment, at least to our current understanding. So difference between those two scenarios is the potential contribution we can make by acting now. That's the half degree number. And do you think that the Kigali Amendment to the Montreal Protocol um, goes enough to uh, to mitigating that 0.5 degrees? The Kigali Amendment is definitely a first concrete step towards that goal. It is the first time that countries actually come together and sign a agreement that is binding, meaning mm -hmm. they have to act on this. The problem with that is the timeline is relatively long, meaning developing countries such as India does not have to act on this until uh, 10 years from now. And, uh, and the transitioning after that uh, may be slow, so there's no timeline attached to that. that that's why uh, people uh, have been working to accelerate the process um, in the in the term of Kigali Plus, mm -hmm. uh, etc. I was working with uh, Dr. Duru Zelki, mm -hmm. a founder of uh, ITSD, uh, Institute for Governance and Sustainable Development, 
working together for a assessment report for uh, United Nations Environmental Program. And in that, we specifically want to assess the future use of uh, HFC, again, as the baseline scenario, the worst case scenario if we don't do anything, mm-hmm. plus several uh, different scenarios in which we adopt the Kigali Amendment as it is now, or we accelerate the process to transition into cleaner uh, refrigerant as soon as possible. So we are crunching numbers for that, and the report is likely to be released early next year. Okay, and just also if we finally talk about generally short-lived climate pollutants, um, you also talked about a report about how they can um, also mitigate climate change and our efforts. And I think they're, they're one thing we don't talk about so often. I think HFCs have been in the news quite a lot because of Kigali, but obviously, you know, black carbon plays. So, I mean, how big of an effect reducing those would have on climate change? And are they something that you think people are discussing enough under the Paris Agreement? Yes, as I mentioned earlier, I broadly study climate change, the attribution, meaning the cause of climate change in the past and its future evolution and the potential ways to mitigate climate change. HFC, as part of the short-lived climate pollutant uh, species, is of course a major component to that and provide a potential uh, opportunity to mitigate climate change. I also studied on black carbon, which is the uh, soot emission from incomplete combustion of carbon materials, such as biomass burning or uh, indoor cook stoves. Mm-hmm. Um, so those species are also uh, pertained uh, global warming agent because it, it is black, so it absorbs solar radiation and heat the atmosphere. And also, it when the black carbon is deposited over snow, uh, mountain snowpack or uh, sea ice, it will lower the reflectivity of snow, make it darker, and therefore uh, easier to melt. And that's an additional source of global warming. Mm-hmm. So we have computed the numbers and the uh, global warming potential from black carbon as well as methane, and we calculate the projection for the future uh, future uh, global warming. And we also look at the potential of mitigating those species. Remember, those are short-lived species, meaning if we act to limit their sources now, their atmosphere concentration, the presence in the atmosphere will go down uh, fairly quickly in the matter of few months to a few years. Mm -hmm. So that will translate into a larger difference in terms of climate cooling. And we also estimate the consequential impact on sea level rise. Sea level rise is a result of global warming, but it happens more slowly Mm -hmm. because of the initia of ocean system. So if we can limit the global warming at a faster pace in the next 10 or 20 years, that in the end have a larger effect for sea level rise toward the end of the century. So we have uh, published several papers on this. Mm 
-hmm. and uh, the numbers uh, are well cited as a way to motivate uh, the action in short-lived climate uh, pollution uh, species. And there are several other research groups are also following and uh, revising and refining the results. Mm -hmm. They generally start to converge, and we're limiting the uncertainty range of those numbers, meaning the scientific understanding is growing. Uh, so I guess the most important thing is how we put science into action and how to uh, expedite the process. That's I see the potential of uh, academia working with policy uh, makers, working with industry, working with news organizations like yours mm -hmm. to uh, raise the awareness and also the awareness of general public so they can act bottom up and uh, also raise awareness for uh, policymakers so they can they can start considering policy options that are useful to to mitigate climate change. Okay, well, thanks very much, Yang Yang, and I I encourage our listeners to definitely look into that research and what the, they themselves can do to mitigate um, short-lived climate pollutants. So, well, thanks very much um, for listening to that rush show. Um, we just have a quick word from our sponsor, Techos Managing Director Andreas Meyer. Hi, my name is Andreas Meyer. I'm a managing director of Teco. What is Teco? Teco is a rec manufacturer based in Germany, near Frankfurt area. And we are now over 36 years in the market, manufacturing racks. Um, at the moment, um, the business is quite challenging because there's a lot of movement going into the direction of net refrigerants. So we are ready and prepared. We did our first CO2 transcritical rack in 2006. And nowadays it's getting more or less a commodity in Europe. Um, but actually we are now here in Asia. So um, we just want to start up Asia. We, two years ago we founded a company in Singapore called Teco Asia. And now since two months uh, we started our production facility in Bangkok, in Thailand, um, to cover all the Asian market. Because we believe in that Asia is an upcoming, um, near future, very important for us as a rec builder. For net refrigerants, at the moment it's still free on, but I think the change will be soon and will be fast. Well, that's all we have time for today. Um, thanks for listening and join us in two weeks' time for another great NatRef show. Where we'll be hearing about Atmosphere Birica. Oh.